Dan's Drive and Double Feature presents One Minute with European Zombies, circa 1980, episode 54. I'm your host, I'm Dan, and I want to apologize everyone for how rambling that last episode was. It was just going that way, you know, that, that kind of thing happens. It was a realization, especially during the burial ground, when I was watching her stabbing the zombies and you just see like, you don't see the heads of the zombies and you don't see like that they're actual like, you know, actual moving people or whatever they are. You just see like like the mock-ups, the dummies, like oozing this gore. And I think that's still effective. And I still love it. But there was that time where I was the gore hound and a gore hound. And I don't, I'm not the definitive article, you might say. Um, but I was the, a, a gore hound and quite enjoyed this. But I think, I think, like I said, I think the moment when I really began to appreciate these sorts of movies, as much as I appreciate what one might call a good movie, is the moment I started looking at all the in-between moments, all the other moments, all the other stuff that was going on. Um, I was just thinking of, for example, Another Son of Sam, a movie I love. Um, if you focus just on the sniper bits and the, the bits with the, with the crazy killer... It's it's an interesting movie, but if you focus on the other nutty bits, like um, uh, what's his it is very grave, if a lady's love, oh I never said goodbye, Johnny Charo. If you focus on stuff like that, you see, just these these films are nuts and they're crazy and and. I love them. I love them to bits. That's why I've done so many of these uh, podcasts uh, with the minute to minutes. This this is actually probably out of all of them. This is probably the most straightforward. I mean, Zombie Lake is straightforward. Nothing but Burial Ground is probably the most straightforward of all the movies I've done here. Ice and Blood Lake are not regular slashers. Neither is Night to Dismember. Who knows what Night of Horror is? And Last Slumber Party is in its own world. Uh, as is Zombie Lake. So Burial Ground probably comes up as being the most straightforward rip-off type zombie up right there it is kind of movie you know and even if we were to do Fulci like Gates of Hell or a house house by well not a house by the cemetery but Gates of Hell or Beyond we would um uh it would be a different uh, different thing uh, altogether so uh yeah because they're so weird uh so having said that let us dive into Burial Ground Minute 53 Janet is about to be attacked by three zombies she's down kind of in the corner of a room with her battle axe and she um uh, she's trying to stop the zombies. Near, she's near a fireplace, and you can see the two guys, Mister Mustache and Janet's guy. Craig, no, Mike, no, Craig, Greg, Mike. I forget. They're they're gonna hopefully help her out. Janet, take your coat. Come on. At the end of the minute, Evelyn? 
Michael's mom, uh, you know, she tells him to go stand over there. And he goes and they're in sort of a very red room. And he goes and he kind of stands up against uh, an old painting as his mom kind of, I believe she's reaching for a sword to unsheath the sword. And all, all I could think when Michael backed up against that painting, and I'm not going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to say two words and then we're going to carry on. All I could think was deep red. Boom. Okay. So what, how does this minute go? This minute is interesting because I th- You'd think that this minute would be about the two guys, Mr. Mustache and the photographer, Mike and not Mike, storming into this tiny space. Because it's like they're in a big room, and then the room of the fireplace is a smaller room. So they storm in there with like an axe and a sword, and they start punching at the zombies and smacking at the zombies. And then Evelyn and Michael kind of slowly walk in and watch what's happening, and then... At the end of the minute, they see through a window like a zombie is pulling, slowly pulling itself up. No one's moving quickly. No one's going fast. Evelyn and Michael seem in a bit of a daze. Um, uh, Evelyn possibly because of, of George being killed. Michael because, I don't know, he's a little creep. Uh, but but it is kind of, it's, it's not, it's not like, like, you know, Roland at his, at his best dreamlike. Uh, or, or even just Franco dreamlike, or last year at Marion Bad dreamlike, or or, or uh, Bergman, or or someone, or the Doris Wishman dreamlike. It's uh, it's kind of just has this strange chord of this strange kind of slowly meandering from room to room. Oh, the zombies are in here now, and the two guys rush in and they're kicking ass. But the minute isn't about that. It's a minute about watching Evelyn and Michael's reaction, and he gets to spend a lot of time against her boob, and then her going to protect her son from the zombie. Although I love, you know, obviously the they're in, you know, I as I said last time, I saw that the bit, the documentary bit on the villa. This is a huge place. They can very easily leave this room and go to another room. Eh, it's a suggestion. It's not. I would never push you. It's a suggestion. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think what's happening here that I like is that there it's a slight subversion in the same way that so many of these films at this time did that thing with, um, uh, you know, sh- you got to shoot them in the head and they keep shooting, you know, Hell of the Living Dead. And they keep shooting them in the chest and it takes them forever to shoot them in the head. And a few minutes past, Mr. Mustache just instantly goes right out and starts shooting them in the head. He knows right away you shoot him in the head. It's like he saw the zombie movies too. You don't have to. You don't have to explain to us. Just save some time. Let's do something else. You know, uh, Russell T. Davies inventing the psychic paper to get rid of that thing that happened to Doctor Who so often in the '60s and quite a bit during the '70s, where the Doctor and friends would arrive somewhere and spe- I just finished rewatching the fifth season of Doctor Who, uh, the '66. 60- 60, 67, 68 season a little while ago and all those based under siege stories are who are you? What's going on? Ah, nah, nah. And it's like that happens for like an episode, two episodes, three episodes like oh my god. So Russell D. Davies invented the psychic paper so they could say we're these people and the people you know who are in charge wherever they were would say oh okay let's let we'll tell you what's going on and the stories could go like that. Not granted, Doctor Who, back in the mid-60s, especially season five, all those stories were six 25-minute episodes. And generally, Doctor Who now is like, stories are 45 to 50 minutes, so you need to pick it up. But I, I like the fact that we want to get on to doing some other stuff, so shoot him in the head, shoot him in the head, we won't worry about that. And I like here that 
Although Evelyn and Michael haven't done a lot, no more than anyone else, what they've done is clearly what they have done is clearly weirder in many ways than what the others have done. So I like the fact that when two guys who still have all their wits about them and are not in in any physical distress grab it like an axe and a sword and rush three really slow zombies, they're gonna incapacitate the zombies or kill as, as as much as you can kill the zombies and get janet out of there so so when we see them uh, uh, we see some close-ups of like whoa axes swinging around things going into heads and you know stuff like that but not a lot and several of the shots are more or less from evelyn and michael's point of view looking into this tiny doorway as all this stuff is kind of rushing around it doesn't look like it's particularly like well blocked or it just looks like okay just rush in there and just go crazy run around and yell and go crazy all right that's great thanks don't break anything but it's it's interesting yeah because you you figure that would be the focus of the minute but I think the f- I, I would like to say that the filmmaker already knows that you know that they'll get in there and do that. Um, and so they've already shown like zombie heads being split. So why not do something else? Why not just let it be known that this attack is happening? And we know it's happening because we can hear it. But then put the focus on this other weird relationship. In the same way that, you know, Zombie Lake has a zombie dad and the, and the, and the living daughter. This has... This mom and this really creepy kid. Now nah, maybe it's not the same, but it's it's you know you gotta you got an add and it's it's the little bits that you add. I mean, why do we all love Return of the Living Dead? Because the zombies could talk. Because the zombies ran. You know, because the zombies could articulate why it was they were doing what they were doing, and that was a joy. I mean, I remember watching Return of the Living Dead, and it was a joy. As I as I think of zombie movies of this time period, the eighties, and, and somewhat beyond that, it is really like you t- you take the very basic Night of the Living Dead, and then you take Dawn of the Dead, and you do those those tweaks to it, and then after time, Return of the Living Dead, then you have films like you know not just like your your Twenty Eight Days Later sort of things or your Rex, but but your things like Dead Next Door, which have these little extra bits and and things, and that uh, zombie bloodbath actually zombie bloodbath is just like. 75 minutes or whatever it is of people being torn apart by zombies but um yeah it's an it's an interesting genre is this uh zombie genre and they did almost immediately i suppose sort of slashers kind of did this too um they did almost immediately with the zombie ripoffs right after dawn the dead begin to do everything they could to um vary it you know, Zombie Lake. Look at all the all the all this, the the tangents of Zombie Lake. Look at Fulci. He does Zombie, which many consider to be sort of one of those um, uh, uh, definitive ones after Dawn of the Dead. It's not a favorite of mine of his. I I do own the Blu-ray. I will probably be buying the new 4K Blu-ray sometime soon. I've probably said that before, and I apologize. I'm just I'm trying to work myself up to it. So I've, I've said it before. I haven't bought it yet. The Maniac 4K is really good, and the soundtrack is killer. Um, where was I? Yeah, almost immediately after it, you you get your films like Nightmare City, which sort of tweak the the concept, or um, uh, Hell of the Living Dead, which just make the concept crazy. And yeah, you get all these all these differing um, things, or or a film like um, uh, Kiss Daddy Goodbye. Uh, which isn't obviously Italian, but but yeah, you get these little uh, variations which which are cool, and then you get to Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead didn't um, 
it didn't redefine anything like Night or or Dawn did, but it's a great movie. Return of the Living Dead. Refined. I I think the the more he sort of internalized everything, like with Day of the Dead, uh, and put it in the bunker underground and in the space and in the thing, the less it could sort of take off in the way it had. Now, granted, he had the same years as Return of the Living Dead, he had intelligent zombies and things like that, but he, he was sticking with his mythos, and Return of the Living Dead was kind of opening up the mythos out um, that so everyone could enjoy it. Uh, whereas, yeah, Dawn, Day seems to be bringing it in more. Where uh, I, This is, uh, I'm I'm off on a tangent here. I'm off on a zombie tangent, so I think it's a good tangent. But yeah, this this minute of Burial Ground, I like because the moment the guys storm in, it immediately ignores more or less what they're doing to focus on Evelyn and Michael and their sort of strange relationship and the approaching zombie. Uh, what that means, I don't know. I haven't watched ahead. That might be a lie. But we are where we are right now. She is, I think, like I said, I think she's unsheathing a sword. She looks good. And uh, Michael is standing uh, against that painting. No more about that. So Zombie Lake, where were we? Spitz and Moran have left the tavern. A bunch of hicks. And they are going to... I know, as far as I know, they're going home. But they're probably going to the lake. Let's listen. Must have happened right over there. That's their camper, eh? Mm. Let's have a look. Key still in the ignition. Nothing here. Let's look around. I really wonder what happened here. It beats me. No clue whatsoever. You believe in ghosts? Are you kidding? Don't tell me you're superstitious too. No, but I've got a weird feeling just the same. start off with the fact that I've got a weird feeling just the same isn't on the French thing. Uh, the the French dialogue ends with, uh, no, I don't believe in ghosts or whatever. Don't let those hicks get to you. And then seven zombies rise out of the water. So they went for a walk. I mean, I guess it's like, okay, guys, come on, let's go for a walk. We can't do this underwater. Come on. We can't stay underwater all day. And they go for a walk. But it's sort of like Spitz and Moran their visit to the mayor is intercut with the zombies walking the streets and him visiting his daughter, but then suddenly they're all back in the water. Hey, that almost rhymed. Uh, so, I mean, I guess I'm standing around here trying to figure out um, how this makes sense. And when the zombies rise out of the water, like one of them, his helmet's down over his head like he's being wacky, and another one has to fix something and seems to be wearing a big red nose like a clown Nazi. Hey, it's a clown Nazi! Oh, the day the clown cried. Oh, yeah. No, that wasn't a... He wasn't a... Will we ever see that movie? Do we... I want to see that movie. And the great thing is, as the zombies are rising out of the water at the end of the minute, if you look way in the background, you can see like a family of... Swans, geese. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm not fully conversant in my ornithology. I should be. I, my first thought was swans. You can see like a family of swans floating along. They don't get bothered by the zombies. 
the zombies don't eat them. Well, they really don't seem to eat anything. They just kind of gnaw on female necks for a bit. But uh, yeah, and the zombies that rise out of the water are a mix of, um, we've got a little makeup on us, but mostly not much. And we hope, and I, I like the thought that it was like, okay, guys, go underwater, go underwater, and then count, count to three, and then I'll come up. Go underwater now. Three, two, one. And they all pop up, and it's like, oh, thank goodness, most of them haven't lost their makeup. Oh, thank goodness, most of them are, are still, the makeup is still on them. Oh, good, thank you, thank you. So the, yeah, the, um, I guess the zombies are getting a little bit more rambunctious now or something. I'm not 100% sure exactly what it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is Spitz and Moran. Uh, it, it, we see that shot of the guy who looks like the guy from Dark Side of Midnight um, looking like, mm. and then we see Spitz and Moran walk up to the vehicle, you know, basket, whatever the heck it says. And it's a basket PF14 or whatever. I forget what it says. Basket PFIZ. Now it makes sense because they're a basketball team. Although it does look like Moran picks up a volleyball. Again, that doesn't mean that the gals can't have all been playing volleyball. That, that, that doesn't mean that in their spare time, they don't prefer to play volleyball to basketball. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, it, and I'm looking at the license plate. 81BG75. I think there's another number. 821B. I don't know what it is. Those are French license plates? I don't feel like they're trying. France, try harder on your license plates. I mean, not that, you know, I thought it would be more artistic. Anyways, it's just, it's just it looks like it's fun. Maybe they're not from around here. Maybe they're Bavarian. I don't know. But yeah, so Spitz and Moran are there. And uh, it's gr it's great because you you can't really see their mouths move a lot, and it's not it's not like um like a like a a, a Bisa Yucca Flats or Doris Wishman thing where when someone speaks and their voice is dubbed in, you see the back of their head, or you see like like you, you see their back or something, so you can't see their lips move. This you kind of should see some lips move, but you don't really, and it's like you really kind of have to focus on whose voice is who because they're not too far apart. You know, so do you believe in ghosts? No, of course not. I d mm, yeah, guys, you could you can differentiate a little more unless it really was the same guy dubbing them and they were like, we got to get the Spitz and Moran scenes done in two minutes. Okay, I got it, I got it. Uh, because it, the the first time I watched this minute right now, I couldn't f figure out who was saying what to what about things. Because in the previous minute, it had been Moran who was like, ah, the ghosts, and ah. But in this one, it's more Spitz who's like, ah, the ghosts, ah. So you, you kind of have to adjust yourself. Keys are still in the car of the gal's van. And, um, yeah, it's funny that there aren't... I mean, they killed a lot of gals. I mean, there were six or seven of them, I don't know. Um, and then none of them... Are, are yeah if you think of like so is this later in the day i no it's not it's it's the next day and no one went down to the lake and i guess they must have i guess they didn't touch the van because of this crime scene huh i guess i guess me trying to figure out how this film makes sense it, it's never going to make sense it's it's time jumps ahead no one cares it's just um right now we're just kind of biding our time in between either the next zombie attack or the next nude scene. And you know that the nude scene will probably be great if you're into that kind of thing. And You know what? On, on many days I am. But the next zombie attack per the previous 53 whatever, 54, where are we? 53 minutes of zombie 
It's had 54, 54 minutes of, of zombie attacks. Uh, they're probably not going to be worth much. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Spitz and Moran, they're by the lake and the zombies are rising up. I, I hope they can move quickly. I think they would be able to. I don't know. They, they haven't, I was going to say they haven't done much. I'll, I'll amend that too. They haven't done anything. So I guess I guess we'll see what what these two clowns are up to as they're here, and um, yeah, they're at the lake, and suddenly the spot they're at in the lake, I suddenly felt like they were in the spot with that van um, where the the gang goes in the Hungan when they go camping, and, you know that that space around that lake and everything, and all the cars pull up and they're sort of in the middle of nowhere camping. Suddenly I felt like we were there, you know, except the Hungan is, is less sexy makes somewhat more sense and it's so much longer oh i'd like to watch the hunger again so this yeah this is zombie lake minute 54 spits and moran they're they're checking out the spot one of them uh feels well one of them feels some eeriness in the english version but not the french version and the zombies are rising out of the water again maybe they're cloned zombies cloned zombies zombie clones ah, that might make sense i don't know but yeah so the zombies are rising out of the water and um we're gonna have to wait till the next episode to find out what happens next <laughs>